0: Time and a lot of fun. This one, if you're here for the very first time, I want to say thank you for being here today. Uh, we love first time people, and I just want us to just take a moment to honor. If there's anyone in the room that's here for the very first time, we just put our hand together and just tell them thank you for being here today. Come on, let's welcome them. And I, I thank you for being here in the middle of the summer. In the middle of the summer, man, the beaches are looking fine for a lot of people and family vacations. I want to thank you for being here today. I want to give you a quick update on my wife. Uh, if you're a member of City Church, if you're on our email list, you know that my wife uh, had uh, a surgery a couple of weeks ago, and she's still recovering. She's She is recovering. It's slow. She still has lots of pain, but she's full of great joy, great faith, great enthusiasm. She wants to get back here, but we're just going to be really wise about timing and And so I just want to encourage you to keep praying for her. She's got about 40% mobility in her left arm now. And so we're grateful to the Lord for that. That's better than 5%. Amen? 40 is better than 5. And we're believing for 100. And we try to keep you updated through the emails. And that way, there's just, you know, we're out there, man. We're real. We're transparent. We all got stuff in life. We all got challenges. Every person in this room, no one's got this thing all figured out yet. We live by faith. We walk by faith, every person in this room. So I want to encourage you today. uh, We're going to do something this morning. Uh, We all know the great tragedy that took place this last Friday night in Aurora, Colorado. And uh, where 12 uh, people uh, died at the hands of just a a cruel act of terror and brutality. And uh, we want to pray for these families today. 58 people wounded and shot. 70 people shot. I mean, the whole thing is just beyond belief. <laughs> when I heard that morning, I guess it was Friday morning or whatever morning I woke up, the name of the movie is A Dark Knight Rising. I thought, wow, Dark Knight sure rose that night. Terrible, terrible, terrible. We want to pray for these family. That's a, that's a terrible, wicked act of the evil one. God didn't cause that. God inspired a young man who was listening to all kinds of wrong stuff and wrong voices and whatever was going on inside of his mind, incited him to do an evil act. God hates evil. God hates it, and we hate it. So we're going to pray for these families today. Can we do that right now? Can just take your neighbor's hand. Just pray together. Let's pray pray the peace of God. I can't even imagine uh, how the families are feeling. Just the total. It's just a shock. It sent a shockwave through our nation. Father, I pray today, God, for the families of those who lost their loved ones. Father, I pray for those whose who's lives still hanging the balance in the hospital this week, that little six-year-old girl. I pray for the grace of God. I pray for your peace to rule in those families. God, even for this man who's, who took these lives for his family, what devastation, what destruction, Lord, he's brought into their life and into this world. And I pray today, God, that as a nation, we will turn back to you and realize that there is no other way. There is no other hope. Christ, our only hope is in you, not in entertainment, not in the things of this world, but our hope is found in Christ alone. God, I pray that the message of grace and the message of faith and the message of hope will be preached across the pulpits of of this nation this morning. Bring comfort to those who are hurting. God, comfort the hurting. God, I pray that you will afflict the comfortable. God, afflict us today if we're comfortable where we're at. To realize that we have a great need for you. God, I speak blessing in life today over this service. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Thank you that you are here among us. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. And we need a breakthrough in our lives today. And Jesus, wonderful in mighty name. And Everyone said amen. Amen. Could you stand with me this morning for the reading of God's word? I encourage you to bring your Bibles. I've been expositing, which just simply means I've been reading a text and then breaking down the text of what it means over the last several months here at City Church. And this morning, we're going to look at a very specific text in the Bible. It's one of the great stories in the Bible, one of the great men of the Bible. And in this story, we're going to see a man who experienced breakthrough. And we're going to conclude this service, and we're going to declare in our hearts and our lives We've, we're finishing this series on the circle maker, that continual pressing in, believing and trusting in God to do what only he can do in our life. And this morning, we're concluding our series on the circle maker. And I want to challenge you today. I don't want this just to, to stop. This is a message of faith. This is a message of faith today. We're going to look at First Chronicles chapter 14. First Chronicles is in the Old Testament. And it's a chronicle of the history of the people of Israel and other kings. 1 Chronicles chapter 14, we're going to look at several verses, verses 8 through 11, and then we're going to skip over to the New Testament and we're going to look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to read verses 2 and verse 20. 1 John chapter 2, we're going to read verses 2 and verse number 20. To take your Bibles this morning, I want you to repeat after me I am not moved by what I see, I am not moved by what I hear. But I am moved by every word that proceeds from the book of God. First Chronicles chapter 14 beginning with verse number 8. And the Bible says when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed. Everyone say anointed. David had been anointed king over Israel. They went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and he went out to meet them. Now the Philistines had come and raided the valley of Rephraim. So David inquired of God. Everyone say inquired. So David inquired of God. Shall I go and attack the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord answered him. Go, I will deliver them into your hands. So David and his men went up to Belperazim. Everyone say Perazim. And there he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out... God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So this place was called Belparism. Belparism literally means the master or the Lord of breakthrough. That's what the word means, Belparism. Bel meaning Lord or master. Parism literally means the place of breakout or bust up or breakthrough. Now I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read two verses. Verse 20 and verse number 27. And the Bible says, but you have an anointing. Come on, say, I have an anointing. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. John's speaking to believers who've been born again and who the Spirit of God lives and dwells. And he says, you have an anointing. Say, I have an anointing. Now I want you to skip down to verse number 27. Actually, verse number 26 and going to 27. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. There are people that are trying to tell you, trying to lead you away from the truth that Christ dwells and lives in you. As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you. Everyone say, the anointing remains in me. Father, I thank you this morning. You give us ears to hear. You give us eyes to see. And I need you one more time to use me to be a mouthpiece to speak your truth. Bless your people today. Thank you that you are the Lord of the breakthrough. God, we ask right now, thank you for your great kindness. Thank you for the peace of God that rules in this place. God, again, for these families. God, such hurt. It's hard for me to imagine. God, bless them today. The pulpits across America bring glory to the name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. Life has different seasons. Life has different challenges. I was 23 years of age. I felt the call of God. I had prayed and inquired and sought the Lord about going to Bible college. I'd always felt so insecure in this area of school because in high school I'd, I had never done very well and and so I felt very insecure, but after getting really clear direction from God, I got really clear direction from God, I moved to Portland, Oregon. And in Portland, Oregon, my life went from, my life went from a life uh, pretty much of comfort and ease, of being around people that I always knew and growing up around my family and, and friends and same kind of community that I lived in my whole life, going to a city that I knew absolutely no one. And my first several months in that city were were a challenge to say the least. I mean, uh, I would say now I was going through hell. I just didn't know it. I mean, everything in my life was just seemed to be falling apart. It was just so hard. And why was I there? God, I came here to serve you. And I was misunderstood by people. And I had this little sports car, a little Mustang. And, and I remember I had, I had crashed the car, you know, I told the story, I crashed it on this mountain highway. And, I rebuilt this car, and it was, it was better than new, and new paint job, and new interior, and, and it was fast. It's a real fast little car, and it was kind of the last little thing that I had in my life that I was holding on to. Last little thing in my life that I was holding on to from my past, from my old life. And I was in Bible college, and God was just dealing with me, I mean, about everything. And there'll be seasons in your life, seasons in your life, of more intensity. It's just the way it is, its are seasons in your life that the Holy Spirit will deal with you about a specific area. And He'll speak to you, and He'll deal with you, and He'll convict you, and you'll think about it, pray about it, maybe even try to try talk your way out of it, but you just can't escape it. And I always say it's in those seasons that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you and speaking to you that you need to deal with it. I mean, whatever the issue is, see, you feel convicted about maybe the way you're spending your money, about the way you dress, or maybe the way you talk. And, and if you deal with things in those seasons, you will have breakthrough. If you don't deal with those things in those seasons, you just kind of push it off and keep going, that thing will grow bigger in your life. That challenge will grow bigger in your life. God was just dealing with me about everything. He was dealing with me about my possessions. He was dealing with me about my attitudes. He was dealing with me about me just being a young man full of myself, thinking I was all that. God was just dealing with me about every area of my life. And so I was driving down the road and and I, I remember I was so frustrated. I don't even know what happened. I was so frustrated. I had left the school parking lot. It was up on a hill. And, and uh, they had this really cool driveway out that went right into the road. And, and, and you could get really going fast down that road. And, and I remember I was just barreling down that road and just talking to God and telling him what I thought about everything, and how frustrated I was. And I said, okay, God. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, you can have everything. Now be careful when you tell God He can have everything. Because when you say God, you can have everything, He'll say, Okay. All right. I'll take it. He'll take it. No problem. I said, God, you can have everything. And sorry, I I I left and I'm driving down the road and and up in the northwest, I got Freddie Myers. So kind of like a Walmart. Kind of store and big superstore. I pulled into the parking lot of of Freddy's and it's in the grocery store just shopping around and and I just prayed this prayer God, you can take everything. I said, God, you can have it. I said, You can even have my car. I just prayed that prayer. I pulled into the store and I'm shopping around about three or four minutes. The store, somebody comes running into the store and they're yelling, Fire, fire, there's a car on fire. And they said it's a yellow Mustang, and I'm like, well, I don't have a yellow Mustang. I got a tan Mustang. But then I realized that it was ten o'clock at night, and yellow and tan probably looked exactly the same. And I said, dang it, that's my Mustang. And I ran out to that parking lot, and sure enough, man, there was a spot. You know how, whenever that carburetor was, the old, it was a little four-barrel carburetor, and uh, you know the gas would pump into there, and that thing was right there in the middle. And that fire, that thing was just expanding, and, and the paint was just peeling, and smoke was barreling out. And, and the door was locked so no one could pop open the hood. And, and I'm like, oh, and, they're, and they just busted that hood up, you know. And, and I, I just remember, I, mean, I didn't even know how, to, how I felt. It was just one of those almost too humorous. It was almost too humorous. There are seasons in our life. And David, David was in a great season. I mean, the season that I in really, God did turn it for good. It was a great season. It, it ain't always easy, let me tell you. When you choose to serve God, when you choose to engage yourself in kingdom living and kingdom life, it's never easy, but it's always good. It beats the alternative. Come on, it beats the alternative. And, and, and so, you know, the season of my life, God totally turned it. And I look back now on those, all those. They were some of the hardest days of my life. Because God was dealing with a lot of things all at one time, uh, they were also some of the best days of my life. It's funny how when we look back, we tend to want to, we can kind of look back in the good old days. And if we really were honest about it, the good old days weren't that good, right? You know, old school. I watched the movie The Incredibles so the other night with my family again, and they got the superheroes. It's just, I don't know about you. Anybody want, like that movie beside me? There's only one movie in the last, like, since I was a kid that I've watched, like, more than five times, and it's The Incredibles. I just like that guy. But at the very end, they all come back, and the old guy says, yeah, there's no school like old school. no school like old school. Yeah, no school like old, oh, my, my, oh, my. And David is in a great place and a position of life. He's just been anointed to be king. He's just been anointed to be king. He's 37 years of age. So from 17 to 37... He's had lots of battles. He's had lots of victories. He's had lots of challenges. He's had lots of trials. And he's landed on top. Because when we look at this passage of Scripture, we're going to see that David did some things that other people didn't do. As a matter of fact, David did things that his predecessor, Saul, didn't do. David inquired of the Lord. David had a heart after God. He was a far from perfect man. I just took you up a few verses before 1 Chronicles 14. We could read some things that David did that weren't very wise. He didn't make every decision right, but he made enough decisions right. And here's the goal of your life. To make more good decisions than bad decisions. Amen? I mean, that's the goal. To make more good decisions than bad decisions. And in your bad decisions, just pray real hard for grace and mercy. (laughs) Come on. Pray. Go, God, have mercy. God, have grace. And I want you to see here verse number 18. And said, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed. Take that little stand there, that'll help me out. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed. This is so significant. This whole concept of breakthrough in your life, whole concept of anointing in your life for a purpose. I don't know what you need today. I've got some things, I've got my phone, and I have circle maker prayers. I got a little task thing on my phone. I love the new phones. Just amazing. Our whole life is, your whole life, it's like, you know, you used to be, people used to kind of poo poo the phone, but if you're a business guy today, man, you're like, you got to have a phone. I mean, you know, maybe you're tired or you're a different station of life, but man, if you're a business guy or a student, I mean, everything, you can just do everything. You read your emails and contact people and connects and I mean, take notes and read my Bible. I read my Bible every day. I listen to my Bible, I listen to praise and worship. I mean, it's just awesome. You got like this whole life in a phone kind of thing. And I got circle maker prayers, things that I'm praying for. I need some breakthroughs. I need some really specific breakthroughs. The Millennium Campus, we started by faith. We really believed that God directed us to do this, to take this step to be one church, two locations. And, and, and I tell you what, we need a breakthrough. We need a breakthrough in this campus. But we need a breakthrough in the Millennium Campus. We need a breakthrough in souls. Last Saturday night, we prayed as a church, and there was a group of us here. And I left there and said, God, I pray every service, every service. My prayer right now is that every service, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, celebrate recovery, Saturday night prayer. I want, I want to see someone saved every time the church doors are open here. I'm just praying for that. We need a breakthrough. We've got a city, we've got a whole community. You got a whole wide world of people that don't know Jesus and they don't know his love. And they didn't experience that wonderful presence that you felt today in worship. So I got a whole list of things that I'm praying for personal things for the church. I would shout, you should have some ongoing prayers, man. If you don't have some ongoing prayers, you don't have a big enough dream for your life. If you don't have ongoing prayers, I mean for things bigger than you, you need to get a bigger dream. You need to read the book Circle Maker. You actually need to read the book and start to ask God to give you a bigger dream and a bigger desire for a bigger destiny. So I want to go out strong. The Bible says the righteous grow brighter and brighter until the coming day. David, here's the thing. Every person, every person that it desires to serve God will come under spiritual attack. Every person, you can write it down. If you have a heart to serve God, you will experience spiritual attack in your life you will and one of the primary ways we talked about it last week with elijah it comes through discouragement you just feel like you keep doing keep doing why well, how come this and how come why why does god work like this for me i mean the enemy his primary arsenal primary weapon that he fires against believers is discouragement discouragement towards others but about 80 percent of the time discouragement towards ourselves Feeling like we're just, we never can measure up. we failed too many times. Why did I sin again? Why did I say that? I mean, the enemy is a master, master deceiver. Discouragement, doubt, depression, living defeat, attacks from the outside, financial, physical. I mean, these are all attacks that the enemy brings into our life. Satan hates you and has a terrible plan for your life today you got to be on guard. You must be on guard. I want you to look at verse number 8 here. When the Philistines heard. Now, the Philistines were arch nemesis. I mean, you know, I, I, so I guess I love the Incredibles. You know, there's always the really good guy, the superhero, and then there's this really bad, evil guy. And the Philistines were up to no good. I mean, the Philistines wanted to destroy the people of God. They, they, had, they had no good use for them. And David had been anointed. He'd been anointed to be king. But I want you to hear something today. David was anointed. The word anointing means to rub or to smear or to consecrate. That's what it means. So in the Old Testament, Old Testament times when you see this word, it, it literally has to do with, they would take oil, real oil, olive oil, and they would Press it into a warrior's shield, into the, the breast shield or, or, or into the, this big thing, you know, that he would have carry over here to fire, uh, to ward off fiery darts. It was an oil that they would smear upon them. But when it came to an office like prophet, priest or king, oil was used to consecrate. It was used to consecrate. That's what the word literally means. Uh, when we move over to the New Testament, I had you read that verse in 1 John chapter 2. I want you to see this one more time. You've got to get this this morning. If you're going to be a person of breakthrough, you've got to know this about yourself. You've got to know this about your life. In the New Testament, the word is charisma. The word in the Greek is charisma. And it literally means a gift of God. A gift of God. It's, it's a gift that God gives you for a specific purpose. There are about 26 gifts, at least, listed in the New Testament. Nine gifts that Paul mentions to the church at Corinth. And he talks about manifestation gifts and ministry gifts and motivational gifts and power gifts. He talks about these different kinds of gifts. And I want you to hear this today. Look at First John chapter 2 verse 20. But you have a charisma. You have an anointing. You have a gift. You have a gift. And say, I have a gift. Come on. I have a gift. I'm anointed of God. Let's see. David was a king. David was a king, and when he prayed, he had to go to the high priest. I mean, this is the way God set it up. God set up. You read the first five books of the Old Testament. You can read in the book of Exodus, the law, the way that God prescribed, the way they had to enter into the holy place. and There was a high priest, and Aaron was you know, the first high priest, and, and, and God had a specific way they had to do it. And the priest then would intercede or go to God on behalf of the person. And the priest had this really cool thing on his chest called the ephod. And on the ephod, there was a thing called the Urim and Thummim. I don't know what all this means. I just, you know. But that's they had. And they could see these pictures of these guys, these holy garments. and, and, And there was a stone. There was 12 stones on this Urim and Thummim that represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Very specific. And I don't know how it all worked. Some scholars believe that. And when God answered a certain way, it would light up. I I don't know what it did. It seemed to indicate something like that. I mean, David, David had to go to the priest. Why don't you turn over to Revelation? Revelation chapter 1, Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to read it out of the NIV, but the New King James actually reads it way better. Way, way better this morning than what, what the NIV reads, but... Revelation chapter 1. I want you to see verse number 5 and 7. The good says "His grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. Seven just means the number of perfection, completion. And from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. And to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. And has made us to be a kingdom. The King James, the New King James says, made us to be kings and priests to serve our God. You have been made. 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us that we we are royal priesthood. We are holy people. We've been called out of darkness and transformed into His wonderful light. See, listen. This whole thing about going to a priest or having to go confess your sins to someone else... The writer of Hebrews says, no way. We had a great high priest. His name was Jesus. And and once and for all, he went into the Holy of Holies. And when his blood was spilt on Calvary's tree, it screamed out across the universe. It is finished. And the Bible says that separation from God to man, at that one moment in the temple, there was a curtain. But when Jesus cried, it was finished. The curtain was torn from top to bottom. That's impossible. But now that the curtain is torn, we are now have access to God. We can directly go into the very presence of Almighty God. Hebrews says it like this. We can find mercy and help in our time of need. Listen, you don't have to wait now to go to a particular spot. You could be driving down the road. David had an anointing, but you have an anointing. And Satan wants to attack your anointing. He wants to destroy the gift. That's why if he can get you distracted, he can get you busy, he can get you frustrated, the pastor, the preacher, the church, he can get get you off track, he can destroy, literally, he can destroy, smother, block out, make ineffective the gift. The gift, the charisma. The anointing of God's spirit that's in your life. You've been given it by God. God wants you to maximize it. He wants you to use it. Because he knows that when you are operating in your anointing. When you're operating in the gifting which God created you. That's when you find the greatest success and fulfillment in life. That's when you find it. So we see this David. He's been anointed to be king. Listen. Satan hates you. The Philistines philistines had come to destroy david in his life here's the deal david had just been anointed a great victory Here's times that you got to guard you got to watch yourself you're involved maybe in ministry they had great vbs this week and man, there was just a buzz among the vbs team and i could tell you every person on the team they were most susceptible to spiritual attack as soon as they finished i, mean, I every time you accomplish something you You do something significant. I mean, almost immediately afterward comes the trial. Because what happens is you're in preparation. Everybody's working hard. You're at it. And then there's a tendency to let your guard down. Someone comes to me and says, man, I went through a program. I was doing so great. And I was having all kinds of victory. And then I left and I went out. And I'm by myself for a little bit. And I kind of let my guard down. I mean, listen, if Satan can get you to stop going to church... You know, you're too busy. and you got all these activities that you know, he can do. Here, here's the thing. After great victories, after great victories, but also in seasons when you're alone. And if Satan can get you isolated and keep you from being in the body of Christ and keep you from using your gift and functioning and functioning in which he created you for. You know what? He can just devour you. The Bible says he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he devours. And you know who he devours? He devours those... Who were outside? I don't know much about sheep, but the one little time I was around them in England, I remember, you know, I could just see it. I, you could just see this great big herd. You know, they're not real smart critters, but they're just kind of everything they do in a herd. And there was this one little tiny lammy. One t- little tiny lammy kind of got separated from his mother and was over there. And I went over there to try to pet that little lammy. I I realized all of a sudden that little lamb was all alone. It would have been easy to pick that lamb up and take it off. Why? Because he was separated from the rest of the pack. And if Satan can separate you, if Satan can keep you out from doing what God created you to do for whatever reason, for whatever reason, he can destroy and attack and make your life of no effect. We have some powerful weapons at our disposal this morning. We have some powerful weapons at our disposal this morning. I want you to look at here? Look at this, verse number ten. So David inquired of God. David inquired of God. I like the way Paul the apostle says it to the church at Corinth. He said, "For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal." Second Corinthians chapter ten, verse five and six. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, do you know how, how come on, do you know how you pull down strongholds? I love, just look up all the places the Bible says, David, people inquired, people sought, people prayed. David inquired of God. He sought the Lord. Too, way too many people make huge decisions about their life, who they're going to marry, where they're going to live, what kind of job they're going to take, what kind of church they are going to go to. Leaving a church, going to a church—I mean, way too many people make decisions about their life without ever really inquiring the Lord. I've watched it. I've watched it. My own family. One of my family members uh, uh, had, you know, had a tragic ca- tragedy happen in their life, and uh, their marriage ended up being dissolved. No, no fault of their own, just the way life happens, and. I mean, within like three weeks, they were going to get remarried. I mean, like three weeks. And we're like, "Ah, come on, you know, time out. Come on, let's give this thing a rest. No, man, they were already there. They were already talking about Mrs. So-and-so. And family comes around. We're trying to beg this person. And I mean, no sooner than they had said, I do. I mean, within like a week, the person's crying the blues on the phone. I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I said, well, go talk to your pastor. So they went and talked to their pastor. And their pastor was one of these really merciful, kind, gentle guys. Not, And he just looked at this guy right in the face and he said, I got one five-letter word for you. S-T-U-C-K. Stuck. I mean, people make huge decisions about their life. If you're single today, listen. 90% of your happiness in life will be determined by the person that you choose to marry so man until you know god's got the right one it's better just to hold off do whatever you got to do i mean whatever you got to do come on more frustrations in people's lives marriage conflicts financial things that come with it and all that stuff david inquired of the lord before you make a big decision today i mean here's the thing it was a pattern of David's life. He inquired of the Lord. David said, early in the morning will I seek you. Early in the morning will I seek There is There is nothing that's going to be re- replaced. Just the daily, day in, day out, spending time with God in the Word. Just, just say, God, this is a discipline. You don't always feel like doing it, but you're talking to the Lord. And The longer that I serve the Lord, the more I understand what it is to really talk and to walk in the Spirit. Come on, it's just a continual thing. I man, I'm in the car, I'm doing it. I'm at my home, doing it. I'm laying on my bed, doing it. I'm I mean, just talking to the Lord in my office. today before I got, just talking to the Lord. God, kiss your people today. Let them hear your voice today. Let them know how much you love them today. Let them know that you are the God. i just praying. I was, I'm praying, man, my best prayers all the way up here. Just, oh, God, let them know that you love them and you want breakthrough for them. God, you care. David inquired of the Lord. I mean, he got real. Shall I attack these Philistines? Shall I attack these Philistines? And, look what he says here. And, we'll find the verse. And the Lord answered him, Go, I will hand them over to you. Shall I attack them? And will you give me victory? God, if I do this, if I start this business, we love entrepreneurs. You know what? In recessions like this, and although they're difficult and they're challenging and they're no fun and unemployment's high and you know negative amortizations on people's homes and all that kind of stuff, but in times like this, it creates cre- creativity and entrepreneurship because people can't get jobs. And you go long enough, got a guy 58 years old, been out of work for two years in my office on Friday afternoon, and and guess what? He's starting a business. Well, guess what he needs. He needs the Lord of the Breakthrough to show up in his life. He needs the Lord of the Breakthrough to show up in his life. So you start to inquire. You start to seek the Lord. God said, David, not only do I want you to go do this, I'll hand them into you. I'll give them into your hand. I'll give give victory to you. And David, David, as an example of the kind of man that we should follow today, was a man of the spirit and a man of the word. When you ask God today, God's going to speak to you one of a couple of ways. But here's what I want you to hear today. Hear me today. When you're asking God about a specific area in your life, God never just speaks once. God always speaks in stereo. God just doesn't speak once to you because man, last night I had some chili, and man, my I had some chili, and I had some dreams. And I had some chili. <laughs> I you know, I can't put a lot of thought, a lot of weight, to what I dreamt last night. So you can't do that. If God's speaking to you, the Bible says he speaks in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I always like three. You know, two's are still a little risky. Because two, somebody can still tell you what you want to hear. Three is like, no way, man. Three's like it's all lining up. And this is how God speaks to you. First of all, he gives you a desire in your heart god gave me a desire to start city church god gave me it was a good desire i just didn't have the timing quite right and i didn't have the location quite right i thought it was going to be in seattle washington god had another plan orlando i mean how do you get from seattle to orlando i mean god you are way bigger his thoughts are way bigger than my thoughts so here's the deal when you come to god hold on to your plans loosely God speaks to you in your heart. Still, remember last week God came and there's the prophet Elijah, he's a great man of God. Fire, earthquake, all this stuff But God comes in a still small voice. God speaks to your heart. You're just alone, you're quiet, you're with him. You shut it all off. If you never shut it all off, you're probably not going to hear him very often. Because he's speaking to you all the time. God is always talking to you, Bill. He's always talking. Roger, he's always talking to you. Come on. He's always talking. Howard, God is always... Say, God, speak to me. No, he is speaking to you. He just wants you to open your ears. I mean, Come on, he's speaking. The voice of the Lord goes out throughout the whole earth. He's always speaking to us. God speaks to our hearts. And then he's, he's given us this wonderful thing called the Word. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said... Man shall not live when Satan came to tempt him, to distract him, to pull him off from his destiny. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you have this. First you have the witness. Because you have an anointing. Say, so I have an anointing. You have the Holy Spirit in you. If you're a born again believer, don't underestimate the power of God that is in you. Romans says, if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will quicken, strengthen, sustain, enable, empower your physical body. Come on, amen. Amen. Then he gives us this revelation. People get wild hair, crazy ideas. What's the book say? What's the word say? I got a more sure word. Prophet so-and-so said I was going to marry. Listen, this guy came into the church. This happened recently, man. And and my sister was telling me about it. This guy comes in the church and he goes up to this young girl. She's only been saved like three weeks. She comes out of the world. I mean, she's a good-looking girl. She goes into this church. Some guy, you know, calls himself a prophet. Goes up to her and says, God told me that I'm going to marry you. And she like didn't know. And she's like. Oh, God, I don't know. I'm just trying this thing out, Lord. And I I hope that he isn't the one you really want me to marry. God, come on, man. God speaks in stereo. He speaks to her and to you. I mean, come on. He's given us the word. And then he's given us the multitude of counsel. He's given you wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom. Get wisdom. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge in your life. Most people can read a book on how to win friends and influence people. Very few people put it into practice. Everyone in this room has the access. and this Everyone in this room has the access and the opportunity, because you live in the greatest nation in the world, to make millions of dollars. You do. The knowledge is there. The knowledge is there. It's the application. Are you willing to do what someone, else isn't willing, what someone else is willing to do to get what they got? David has an anointing of God, and he inquires of the Lord. Shall I attack? Now Look at verse number 11. So David and his men went up to Belperazim. They went up to Belperazim. And here's what I want you to hear today. I want you to hear this today. He goes up to Belperazim. And there, he defeated them. And he said, as waters break out, God has broken out against my enemies by my hand. So that place was called Baal, Lord of the breakthrough. Lord of the breakthrough. David got a word from God. And today, you need a word from God. God, will you give me victory? You know what God says? You know what God says? God says, I'm going to give you victory. You know why He gives you victory today? Because victory is mine. Victory is mine. He's created you. Paul the Apostle said to the church at Rome, If God be for you, who could be against you? Come on. If God is for you, who could be against you? He is not a God of lack. He's not a small God that you can put in a box or formulate into a religion. Or make it to a creed. No, no, no. He is the God who is the God of all gods. Paul said He is the Lord. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the King. He is the King of all kings. He is God all by Himself. And the God that spoke these worlds into existence is the Lord of the breakthrough. And let me tell you today, Paul said, be strong in the Lord. You ain't strong in your own power. All this self-help stuff. Pull yourself up. Self-made man. Pfft. You ain't nothing without God. You ain't nothing without God. You didn't save yourself. You can't heal yourself. You can't deliver yourself. You need God in your life. You need God in your life. You need a revelation today. Be strong in the Lord. Now look look at this. And the power of his might not your might not your might go ahead try it on your own just for a little bit let god just pull his hands off your life you'll be like saul running back to god oh god oh god don't take your hand off my life just try it by yourself without god come on you've tried it it don't work it don't get fixed marriage gets worse kids get worse finances get worse Health gets worse. Come on. But thanks be to God who causes us to triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the God of the breakthrough. I love it. Bill Paris. Breakthrough. I want to say breakthrough. Oh, I love. I need a breakthrough. If you only knew. If you only knew. I can't. I'm like, oh, God, this is me right now. This is me, Lord. I'm like that old song. I'm, here's me, Lord. I'm a sinner in the need of prayer. God, I need a breakthrough in my life. God, I need a breakthrough. Lord, you are the God of the breakthrough. You've never changed. David asked. David asked, but he didn't tell God how to do it. David asked, God, these guys, this, this enemy is formidable. This attack is too big. This problem is too great. God, I'll never change. I mean, all the things, all the lies, all the things that the enemy wants to bring into your life. Oh, God. God. I can't, but you can. I can't, Lord, but you can. Be strong in the Lord. Where does my hope from, come from? My hope comes from the Lord. His power, your power us. The miraculous supernatural. The miraculous supernatural. It's the power that rose Christ from the dead. It's the power that caused that curtain that was in the temple to be torn from the top to the bottom. It was that power that caused when Moses lifted up his arm in the Red Sea to part. It was that power that when Jesus spit on the ground, and he made a mud cake and he stuck it in a blind man's eyes. Cause his eyes to be open. It was that same power when I was 21 years of age and I'm at the end and I can't do it. My life is broken. It was that same power that came, took this hardened heart full of gunk and junk, changed his heart, gave me a new heart. Jeremiah said, It was a heart of flesh. God gave me a new heart. It was that power. It was that power when I cried out to him last Saturday night in this, in this room, oh God, we need you. You're the God of the breakthrough. We need you. Oh God, do it only you can do. I love last Sunday. It was a, a glorious day. But Last Sunday, it was last Sunday. I need God today. I need a fresh touch today. Come on, I need, you got to go back to work tomorrow. You need a fresh anointing. That's why we gather together as believers to encourage one another in our faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I want your faith to be stirred today. Our ushers are going to come. And this is what we're going to do. This is a little different. This campus, we're able to do this because of the size this sort of our auditorium. Our ushers are staying. we get two guys. We've got two. I need one more usher to come up here. I want our ushers to come. Two on this side, two on that side. I want you to stand. I want you to face the congregation. I want you to come. I want you to come and stand. Take one bucket right there. One bucket right here. One bucket right here. One bucket right there. We're going to stand. And you making your check out. You got your connection card. This morning, what we're going to do different today. I want you to have a breakthrough. I want you to experience. I don't want you to leave this place. If you need. If you don't need something you got to get a bigger dream for your life. Come on, I'm telling you, you've got to get a bigger vision. You're living way too small. You're living way below what God has designed for you. The bigger the dream, the bigger the battle. Come on. The greater the destiny, the larger the giants. The greater the destiny, the larger the giants. But the harder they fall when God gives you his power, his might, and his strength. Amen? And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to come and we're going to bring our offering. We're just going to place it in a bucket And as Tom begins to leave You guys, you can hold the buckets You can hold them, you can keep it right in your hand man. Just keep it right there just, just close your eyes, don't even look Just close your eyes, hold that bucket Look straight ahead, just hold the bucket You guys are going to come, you're going to bring your offerings And I want you this morning When you connect cards And you need a touch from God, I want you just to fill this front up And then Tom and the worship team They're going to lead us And, and some of you have to leave, I understand, that's great this morning. You need a breakthrough in God. I don't want you to leave this place until you touch heaven. We heard in our small group on Wednesday night. You just got to hear the story real quick. There's this guy named Gypsy Smith. And he drew a circle around himself. And he said, God, I'm not leaving this circle until you show up in my life. I'm not leaving this circle until I know that I know that I know that I've heard from you. And that you showed up. And you showed yourself As the master of breakthrough in my life. And that would be my challenge today. you got something ongoing, challenge, whatever it is. I would challenge you. Don't leave this place until until you touch the Lord. I want you to come. Bring your cards and bring your offerings to the Lord. Tom, begin to lead us in worship. Come on, we're going to begin to declare today. He's the Lord of the breakthrough in this house. Hallelujah.